Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's time for an upgrade. This is a one of a kind. This is truly, in my opinion, the closest thing to the original. Because this is a coat that is made of remnants. Am I right, John? These are, this is a coat that I am wearing that was stitched together with love from somebody that loves her pastor. Of pieces of, of cloth that was left over. All the things that she had made for others, this was in a pile that she brought here. Laid hands on them and prayed over in that first service. Took back together. Can you imagine the time that it took? To sew each one of these things together. Now, now she's going to get mad at me for telling you this, but she would message me along the process. It would touch my heart so much. Miss Joan would say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to get it today like I thought. Because my hands are hurting. So I got to take a break. But I get it, Pastor. Not only did she make this for me, she pushed through a lot to have to make it. Which brings me to my second point. She said to tell y'all, she ain't making y'all one. <laughs> so before you get any ideas, she ain't in the coat of many colors business. She's one and done, baby. You know what I told her? I'm going to speak it over your life right now. I got pastors that have been lining me up to preach all over this country. This jacket and this message of the remnant is about to go all over the world. And this, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to preach in this jacket all over the world. Lives are going to be changed all over this world. My God, the remnant is rising, baby. And there's a voice coming out of this house to the nation. There's a voice rising up in this house to the nation, to the nation. The remnant is rising. Woo! Hallelujah. So, thank you, Joan. I appreciate you big time. I told her when I saw it, I just, I just absolutely almost cried. I loved it because I immediately looked at it and said, this, this, is, a, this is a coat that I'm going to wear to finish this message, but this coat is going to be a part of a message and a moment because there is truly a remnant. People are talking about the remnant. Those that are still gathering from all over. I'm talking about not just Pentecostal folks. I'm hearing Baptist folks. I'm hearing Methodist folks. I'm hearing folks from every denomination talking about a remnant. The, the giant is waking up. The sleeping giant is waking up. There is a church that is still here. Not to mention this is a whole lot cooler than that other one. She said, she's so, she's so sweet. She said, I was going, I'm, do you want me to put a liner in it and fleece and all? I was like, love you, no. Because I, I got a feeling that a lot of times I'm going to be preaching this thing, I'm going to be sweating this thing up. 
It's literally a coat made of remnants. I mean, look at the back is awesome. Look at that. I love it. I love it. The remnant is alive. I want you to help me do something because I really do feel like before I get into this message, and I got a word, and I'm going to do it as fast as I can. I know we got announcement, I know we got offering, but I need y'all to put that up on the screen if you've got it, if it worked, I got it to you in time. Uh, I need people to do this for me. I need you to help me reach this remnant. I, I don't hardly ever do this. A lot of preachers do this. I don't do this, but I'm asking you to help this house release the remnant voice. We have got things that we are doing. I, I put out that first podcast. We started a new podcast. I got two podcasts. One's called The Big Picture. One's called The Voice of the Remnant. And The Voice of the Remnant, God spoke to me and said, this is going to be a leadership podcast that's going to speak to pastors and equip pastors for this moment of the remnant. We've only put one broadcast out, and I'm going to tell you something. Sandy will tell you, the very next day I had a message from a pastor that lives up in North Alabama. I, I never met them, I don't think. Uh, and that was, gave, gave me an long message. had another message from a pastor in Chattanooga, Tennessee that had listened to it and watched it. I mean, listen to the podcast, and it only been out less than 24 hours. And they wrote things like, I wanted to tell you, I listened to that podcast last night. I'm a pastor. I, one of them said, I'm a new pastor, pastor, a new church in the middle of this. And you'll never know what it, what it means to us to know that we have something that we can connect to, that there is someone out there that is speaking into our lives, that is encouraging us, that it's not going down, we're going over. And I'm telling you, that's the beginning. It's the beginning, y'all, all over this country. And all over this world, the night we were doing the podcast, uh, we had people watching from India. I've, I've, I've looked at the uh, analytics. I know for a fact already we've had people watch and listen to that one podcast from almost every continent except Antarctica. And Antarctica, we're coming after you. But, but look, we have made it simple. Can y'all read that website that's in yellow? Can we read it out loud on the count of three? One, two, three. The voice of the remnant.com. Okay, all you have to do is go there on your phone or your computer, but it's very easy. It's mobile friendly. It's one website, and all it's got on it is four links. That's it. It's a, it, ain't a, it ain't a website. It's called a link tree. And when you go to that voice of the remnant.com, you will see the YouTube channel. You will see the church's podcast. You will see the big picture podcast. And you will see the Voice of the Remnant podcast. Each one of them, all you have to do is touch the button. It takes you immediately to where you need to go to subscribe and to follow. The only way that we're going to reach people outside of the people that we already know is when you subscribe and you share. Because these, peop these, these companies are doing everything they can do to keep the gospel out of people's timelines. It's called the algorithm. And the only way, and you really still can't fully do it, but the only way to even slightly get around the algorithm that's trying to stop bold voices in this moment is you must have a lot of subscribers and you must have people sharing, sharing, sharing. And that's the only way. If you don't do that, people that need this will never see it. So I'm asking you as your pastor to help us. The voice of the remnant.com. Anywhere you get your podcast, they're there. Subscribe on that YouTube channel. There are things that YouTube will not even let me do until we get to a thousand subscribers. Won't even let, won't, won't even release these things until you get to a thousand subscribers. We're right at three hundred right now. 
We need to get there so we can do everything we can until the day that they shut us down. Because I'm telling you, that day is coming. That day is coming when all the, when the window of opportunity, I remember when the, when the Iron Curtain fell in Russia, I started hearing preachers say, there's, a, there's an opening. We need to get in there and preach the gospel. These nations, Nepal, when we went to Nepal, there was a window open. John took a team there. You have to seize it when the window is open. I'm telling you, the window almost after the evangelism started in Russia and even in Nepal, the, wind, the door was shut. We come back from Nepal, one month after we came back from Nepal, they added to the Constitution, you can no longer preach Jesus in the streets or go to prison. So I don't know how long we have YouTube. I don't know how long we have Facebook. I don't know how long we have podcasts. You know what? If we don't have any of them, we'll be all right. But as long as we have them, we ought to be able to be a voice on them. Can I get an amen? So if you'll help me, I'd appreciate that. And I'm going to preach about half my message today because I don't think y'all can handle all of it. Genesis chapter 39, if you're there, shout I'm there. No, you're not. Why'd you lie? You just lied. You ain't there. You didn't know where I was going. I'm just kidding. You might have been there. Holy Spirit might have just told you. You might have opened up your Bible and just fell right where it needs to be. Genesis chapter 37 is the famous story of the coat of many colors. We've already preached that. We know that they, they, they ripped the coat off. They stained it in, 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 in lamb's blood. They sent it back to daddy and told daddy that a lion killed him. Threw him into a pit, which was really a dry, empty well. And that's where we pick up. That's where we pick up. I want you to know something. In Genesis chapter 39, I want you to read, I want you to hear something. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. He'd been sold into slavery. Are you with me? Say amen. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt to a place that uh, he was basically lined up alongside other young men to be sold and bought as a slave. And a man named Potiphar, who was an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, was an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. I want to tell you something right now. You may have skipped right over two big things that I have skipped over many times in my life. The number one thing that you skipped over was this. He was sold into slavery, or excuse me, sold as a commodity to Potiphar by the Ishmaelites. Do you understand who the Ishmaelites are? The Ishmaelites are the direct descendants of Ishmael. Oh, you didn't hear me. The very one that was the fake promise. The disobedient Response, the false narrative. Are you hearing me? Because God told Sarah, who was barren, and Abram, they were going to have a child. Well, let me tell you, God has a way of telling you he's going to do something in a moment where it fe feels like, it seems like he's a little bit late on his promise. I really would have liked you to have done that when I was 30. Now you're going to tell me that when I'm 80. I had plans of being a mama all right now. And you try and tell me I'm about to be a mama. So what did she do? She laughed. Why did she laugh? She laughed because she thought that sounds awesome, 
But he, God, must have forgotten my condition. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Mm-hmm. You need to say this out loud. My condition never gets to dictate my success. My condition does not dictate my success. But Sarah said, you know what? I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then all of a sudden, she starts thinking, maybe this is what God meant. As long as Abraham, because he's the one that his seed was promised to be blessed, as long as he's got a kid, the promise is still real. So he, she does something that nobody would ever imagine that a wife would do. She goes and gets another woman and says, here, have a baby with her. Thinking she's helping God out. And Hagar, the servant, had a son. In his name, oh, by the way, since the lights are on, I can see you, Kevin, good to see you. There was this son called Ishmael. He was his son. But he wasn't the promise. Later on, we know the story, Sarah has a child, his name is Isaac, which means laughter. Are y'all hearing me? Ishmael and Isaac grow up together. And at one point, even though Sarah, it's Sarah's fault that Ishmael even exists, now that she's got the promise, she don't want the promise hanging out with the false narrative. Because the false narrative got here before the promise and it already convinced a lot of people in the camp that that was the real way and had convinced Ishmael that he was the real way. So what did Ishmael start doing? He starts, the Bible says, starts mocking and ridiculing Isaac. And one day, Sarah comes out and sees Ishmael mocking Isaac. And she says, is that the first time she ever seen it? It was just one of them days where she just finally woke up, where she finally remembered, where she finally thought back to what God said. And she said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is not what God told me it was going to look like. So she goes to Abraham and she said, let me tell you something, man of God. You got to do something about this mess that you made. She probably did like that too. She said, you need, you need to get that boy out of here. I'm tired of the people in our camp thinking that's the way we're supposed to follow. That's not the promise. So Ishmael was driven out with his mother Hagar. Now the angel of the Lord came and spoke to Hagar and promised her that she would still, her son would still be a great nation. Which of course became the Arab people. Are y'all hearing me? And the first tribe that that came from them was known as the Ishmaelites. And all they were ever told was that they were the right way. And that they had been shafted. Are y'all hearing me? 
There's even one major, major worldwide religion that in their holy document, said they claim Abraham as well, but they claim the flip of our story. They claim that Ishmael was the promise of God and that Isaac was the fake. You, you don't take long to figure out which one I'm talking about. But here's the reality. All this time, Isaac grew up, had children, had one of his sons was named Jacob and now here is Jacob who wrestled with God whose name is now Israel which means the prince of God which is now the namesake of the nation that still exists today and out of his loins are his sons. Ishmael and the Ishmaelites all they've ever heard is that that way is your, that they are your enemy. They think they're better than you. So the Ishmaelites get a chance and they realize who this boy is. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. This is their shot, just like the brothers couldn't stand it. When they saw, uh, when they saw Joseph and they knew who Joseph was, they were so happy to sell him into slavery. Can you imagine the comments of the Ishmaelites as they left the day that they saw Joseph? the son of Israel, sold to be a slave. They walked away feeling justified. They walked away feeling that they really were the right way. Oh, I'm, I'm preaching good already. But your condition does not determine your success. What you, what you didn't see, and I'm going to read it again, is that it said he was bought him from the Ishmaelites and taken him down there. But the Lord was with Joseph. Uh, and he was a successful man. Oh, we know he becomes one. But the word said, as they put shackles on his wrist. Oh, y'all y'all getting quiet because I'm teaching in here, I know. Stripped him of anything but probably a loincloth because they wanted to see his muscles. They wanted to see his body. They wanted to examine him. In shame, walking away. If anything, he looked like it wasn't a success. But as he's in a chain game being walked to his assigned place that he's got to serve as a slave, God calls him a successful man. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what condition you are in. I don't care what side of the tracks you were born on, what kind of things have still bound you up, what kind of chains, what kind of addictions, what kind of strongholds you are still battling. You may not be free, but can I tell you something? They don't get the right to dictate to you what God said you're supposed to do and who you are right now. You're going to have to start seeing yourself in the midst of bondage already free, in the midst of sickness already healed, in the midst of depression already got some joy in the midst of chaos walking in peace because if you can see beyond your condition your condition will never be able to dictate anything to you 
Oh, I'm preaching good. Now, he went in there. We've got to hurry. He starts working, serving, whatever, in the house of Potiphar. Everybody say Potiphar. Now, watch how his name gets changed. Verse 3, don't call him Potiphar. Calls him Master. Hmm? We got a lot of folks serving the wrong master. Just cause you in a room and somebody calls themselves your master, you don't have to accept that they are your master. Check one, check two. I didn't say nothing controversial. I'm just telling you right now. I love America, but it ain't my master. Huh? I'm telling you right now. Ain't no president my master. Ain't no governor my master. Ain't no mayor my master. I got ain't none of my king. Ain't none of they might be a leader in my life, but I ain't got but one king. I ain't got but one master. I ain't a slave but to one master. And I willfully will be in chains to him. That's what Paul said. That wasn't my words, that's Paul's words. And his master, watch this, his master, the most powerful entity in the natural in that home, saw with his natural eyes that the Lord was with Joseph. And that the Lord had made all he did to prosper in his hand. Are y'all hearing this? This ain't, a, this ain't an employee. This is a slave. This is someone that he bought. But yet, he don't see him operating as somebody that, owned, that it belongs to him. He's got, he belongs to somebody else other than what the natural thought he belonged to. Let me tell you something. You're going to have to find out who you belong to. Because you will listen to the voices of the ones you belong to. If you belong to, the, to a political party, all you're going to believe in your life is what those political leaders tell you you're supposed to believe. And you'll be like a robot. Yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. Don't know why I believe it, but I believe it. My mama was that. My daddy was that. My grandpa was that. So therefore, I am that. Quit being blind sheep. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. See, remember what I told you last week that they thought if we just rip this coat off of him, he will, he'll believe that he just had a crazy dream and he'll forget that dream. But what they didn't get is that Joseph wasn't wearing a coat. The coat was wearing Joseph. It was in his DNA. When, it, when his daddy put him on the natural, all he was able to do is have, do you understand how powerful this is? He probably only got to see that coat and feel that coat for one day. And thousands of years later, we're still talking about it. We don't know what happened to that coat. We don't know where it ended up. By the time 
they got over there and finally found out who Joseph was at the end of the story. Who knows what about happened to that coat? It didn't matter. The coat was still on. He's in a house. He's a slave. And his master looks at him and he can't help but not look at him. There's something on him that he cannot put his finger on, but he sees something on him. He's wearing the coat of favor. He's wearing the coat. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. So he looks at him and he says, everything that boy tells, I tell him to do this, he does it with excellence, and then he does it in a way I've never seen it done. So he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, because I'm a smart man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take him out of that row, and I'm going to make him the overseer of my whole house. Now watch this. It's a pattern with Joseph. He's always been the least likely who's always been promoted to be over everyone else. He was the kid and he was told in a dream, your brothers are going to serve you and even your daddy's going to. Now, all these other people in the house all these other people that are working in the house, even Potiphar's sons and daughters, all of them. Here's this, this guy who's not an Egyptian, who is a slave, but the, the leader of the house sees something on him and puts him in charge of his kids, of his finances, Oh, you don't believe me? Watch this. He made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of the house and all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and even in the field. Watch this. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hands and he did not even know what he had except for the bread that he ate. He didn't know how much money he had. He didn't pay the bills anymore. He didn't, he didn't put gas in the car. Are y'all hearing me? He didn't buy groceries. All he knew is when he come home at night, he sat down. All he knew in his life, he didn't worry about nothing. He didn't worry about the bill. He didn't worry about losing his house. He didn't worry about nothing because he knew there's something on this boy that I feel led. I can trust him with everything I have. So the least likely in the remnant is about to be placed in authority and authoritative places over people that would never dream that they would ever follow someone as lowly as that. Didn't Jesus say, the least shall become the greatest. The first shall become the last and the last shall become the first. There is a, here's another thing that's happening in the remnant, in the remnant rising. There is a flipping of authority. There is a flipping of influence. More and more and more, you see the media and politicians having less and less influence. More and more and more people are waking up to the stupidity that they are sitting there and watching every day. It is stupidity. 
You are repeatedly watching people lie to you over and over and over and over, hoping that you will believe the lie. This is the definition of insanity. That's what's happened to us. We are insane. Stop it. People in churches that had 20 people in their church are becoming a voice in their community. You ain't got to be no big church. In fact, the big churches ain't big no more. Most large mega churches are seeing between 30 and 40% return from the pandemic. They can always rely on wide shots on their cameras. I'm not making fun of them because I love big churches. I love all church. But you can always see wide shots that were so excited. You watch them now, they ain't no wide shots. They're only altar shots and all the lights are out. Because they don't want you to see. Two-thirds of the seats ain't got nobody in them. But what are we going to do? We're going to value the ones that are in the seats. We're going to equip the ones that are in the seats because the ones that are in the seats have got something on Now watch this. See, he didn't have to worry about like, like this right here. It's a one of a kind, y'all. I'm going, I'm going to take care of this thing. And when I go somewhere to preach, I'm going to pack it. So I have to worry about making sure I don't forget this jacket. Because as much as I want to wear this jacket, if I go to Oklahoma to preach and I left this in Pinson, I can just talk about it. I can't wear it. I have to worry about making sure I bring it with me. But the code of favor ain't like that. Not only does it stay on you while you asleep, don't want to mess y'all up. It's on you while you're taking a shower. It's on you while you're cutting grass. If you're walking in it. But I'll tell you something else about this coat. This coat will go before you and be waiting on you in certain places in your life that when the world thinks you have gone down, when the world puts you in change, when the world, when you lose your job, when you get that diagnosis, and all the enemy in the world's people are sitting back going, what are you going to do now? You remember. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. Greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. You start quoting these things, and all of a sudden, they can't see it, but your spirit, man, just sort of steps back and goes. Because in that doctor's room, there's a coat hanging. Come on, somebody. In that lawyer's office behind his desk when they just told you what you didn't want to hear, what he don't see on the coat hanger next to his leather jacket is a coat. Oh, come on, somebody. Of many colors. Just waiting on an upgrade. Listen, let me tell you something about this coat. This coat, as you go through your life, God continues to give you an upgrade. Because the more and more people that you impact, the more and more people that you speak into, the more and more people that God uses you to lead to the Lord is another patch that God puts on your remnant jacket. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. So the coat had gone before him. And the coat is a spiritual thing. It's not a physical thing. Now watch this. Okay, I gotta hurry. So here he is. This is what happens to so many preachers. So many men and women of God. 
This has happened over and over again. God begins to use them. God begins to use them mightily. I'm talking about everything. They have altar calls. They lay hands. Everybody they lay hands on falls out in the power of God. Everybody's being healed by the power of God. I mean, you're hearing cancers, tumors dissolving. You're hearing all this kind of stuff. And this man of God is being used. He's legitimately, this woman of God, being legitimately used of God. And people begin to see that. And people begin to notice that. And people begin to, oh my God, you're awesome. And then he's beginning to feed his ego and feed her ego and tell them, my God, you're the most powerful. I got around. I can't even stand. When I get around you, I stagger. The glory of God's so strong on you. And they feed him and they feed him and they feed him and they feed him. And his ministry gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And his budget used to be in the thousands and now it's in the millions. Are y'all hearing me? He used to have 500 followers. Now he's maxed out. He's got 10, 20,000 followers. People are streaming. 5,000 people are watching at the same time. And everybody starts getting scared to ever correct him. Hold him accountable. Speaking to their lives because he surrounds himself with the only people that he pays. Are you hearing me? So nobody's going to question when they begin to see this man of God started getting full of himself. Where he used to protect himself and hold himself accountable. Now he has no one to cover him, no one to speak into his life because nobody wants to lose their job. Next thing you know, Charisma Magazine, Twitter, Facebook, somebody's sharing. And it breaks my heart, y'all. But I'm telling you, pastors are falling like crazy right now. I'm talking about pastors of churches that some of the fastest growing churches in America in the thousands are being, they're having affairs. Many of them are, are having homosexual affairs with, with, with men having affairs with men in their church, women having affairs with women in their church, having affairs with the opposite sex in their church being found out to being addicted to not just pornography, but uh, child pornography and all kinds of horrible things. Pastors, they're falling. And as they fall so many times, it's unfortunate. It shouldn't be this way. So many fall with them. So one of the biggest things that always faces flesh, period, with the man of God is to entice away with lust. Because it is, it is in the nature of the flesh to lust. For the opposite sex, same sex, whatever. The spirit of lust is in the carnal flesh. Are you hearing me? So it's in Joseph. It's on Joseph. But Joseph's a man of integrity. Joseph made sure that even though he didn't have the coat on him, that he never allowed himself to not be wearing it. The dream was his coat. The word from God was his coat. Are y'all hearing me? So every day he did that. The Bible said he took care of that house and he took care of it with excellence. Now watch this. Verse six. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. In other words, Potiphar would say, Joseph, and he'd say, yes. What time is it, Joseph? Well, let me check. It's 11.44. (laughs) Thank you. It was, he was handsome in form. Go tell what that means. 
dude was buff. He wasn't puny. He was handsome in form and handsome in appearance. And it came to pass after these things. After what things? After serving faithfully and winning the honor of Potiphar. That his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. That is a biblical version of she got real thirsty. She walked in there and said, hey, take a break. Let's watch Netflix. And she said, you underline this in your Bible, you highlight it. Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in this house. He has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything but you. I know all of that. I can do anything I want to do with it, but I, whether he said it or not, it was very understood. You ain't a part of it. Because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness? Can I tell you, adulterous sex was wicked in the Old Testament and it's wicked in the New Testament. If you are having sex with the opposite sex and you ain't married, it's wickedness. If you're having sex with the same sex, it's wickedness. Only, only place the Bible says sex is undefiled is in the bed of the married. Does this microphone still work? All right, here we go. So it was. How, how, watch this. So, nor has he kept back anything from, from God. This wickedness and sin against God. Look at verse 10. So it was as she spoke to Joseph, day by day, he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. Watch this. The devil, I give him one thing, he's relentless. Just because you tell him no and rebuke him one time, I got news for you, that ain't going to be enough. He's coming back. Listen, if the Bible says that when Jesus told the devil, depart from me, get behind me, Satan, and he left, the Bible said about Jesus and the devil departed Jesus for a season. If the devil only departed Jesus for a season... You think you're going to deal with something one time and it ain't never going to come back on you? No, I'm not going to do that. Next day. Sure are looking good today. I dropped the remote. Can you get it for me? I mean, she's just working it, working it, working it. Day after day. Because you know what? She's used to this. This ain't the first time she's ever done this. And, every, and her way of doing it has always worked. But she couldn't understand it. She started getting frustrated. She started getting angry because her ways could not penetrate something that was on him. He had an ability not to look like no one else. He walked out of the room when nobody else would walk out of the room. What is it about this too? And you know how it is. The hard to get makes you want to get them even more. Come on. That's why I'm married to my wife. Because she shut me down, y'all. 
many, many times. And I'm telling you, I had some lines, y'all. I, I had some lines that I used on all the girls back in the day. I had some lines. And listen, I don't know if there was the lines or what, but they usually worked until I got to Sandy. I looked at one time, we, we first, well, I was on our first date or something. I just said, hey, before you got a car, I just want to tell you something, man. When I look at your eyes, she said, stop. Stop. I'm, I'm not kidding. She did. Stop. She goes, listen, all my friends done told me about you. That's what she said. She said, I know all about your lines. I know all about what you're doing. They ain't going to work with me. Did you not say that? And I was like, okay. That's what I'm talking about. A challenge. Two things. You've got to get here. Every day she was persistent. And every day he rebutted. But what did he rebuke and what did he resist? We understand what this means. Lie with me means get in the bed with me. That's what it means. But let me tell you what else it means. It means come join the lie with me. Oh, did you hear what I just said? Come join the lie with me. Because when you lie down with me, I finally got you in the lie. Now, from now on, you'll never believe the truth about you. You'll live in self-condemnation and judgment and low esteem because of your failure and you will believe you lied with me, but you really now are living a lie. Because now, tomorrow, if I could ever get you to lie with me, tomorrow when Potiphar gets home, and you're doing the same thing that you've always done that made him happy, now you're not going to be able to do it with joy because you're going to be doing it in a lie. Y'all didn't hear me. See, if you ain't covered, if you ain't wearing what you need to be wearing, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. If you ain't living a life called holiness, if you ain't pursuing and trying to your best to be the real thing, you will fall for a lie. And every day you get up, you will put on a lie. It's good preaching. I don't care what you say. The devil, let me tell you what the devil is doing. He's trying to get us to all lie with him. And every day he's persistent. Every day he fills us full of compliments. Oh, you just look so good. You're good looking. Ain't nobody like you. Look at your talents. Whew. Talents, watch this one, are being wasted. You don't even know. Because let me tell you something. Joseph wasn't just refuting sex with Potiphar's wife. He had never had sex. He was a virgin. Those hormones were racing. Can I, am I real? Am I right? 
when you when you looking at good and you and she she was pro, she probably looked pretty good. I mean, somebody with that power, he gonna have him a hot woman, right? So it wasn't like he was refuting somebody's going like hmm, that ain't happening. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> I hear you now. No, because this is the ultimate test, y'all. He was refuting somebody fine. And she was used to being told yes. So he was not just fighting adultery. He was not just fighting who she was. He was fighting the urge to finally even know and understand what this is like. He was preserving himself for the promise. We know he didn't have sex and become a father until he was in prominence in the place of the promise. He saved all of himself for that moment. So, one last time, she got up that morning, she goes, I'm going to tell you something right now. That boy don't even know what's coming. I've been holding back my secret weapon. Today, that boy is going to be mine. Because see, people can't understand anything. It's 1154. They have used the tool of sex in our culture. Everything is sold and promoted with sex. Everything. In fact... You ever watched a movie that was so great? It was funny. It was good. Wasn't really hard. No cussing in it. And all of a sudden, two-thirds in the way, boom, drop the F word. Don't even make sense in the context. Do you know what Hollywood said? I watched these producers say, we have to put it in a movie or this generation will not tell other people to watch it because they can't relate that anyone would live in a world and not use that word. So they have to put it in there when it don't even make sense so that they can get people to like the movie. Same thing with sex. Do you know what's happened? Marvel. I'm a big superhero person. Marvel. I watched them all. All the way to the end game. I watched it all. And if y'all don't know what that is, you have not lived a life. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Watch this. But after that, this is what they said. Listen to the words. That phase is over. Now it's time for the next phase. Well, here comes the next phase. They just released the, next, the, the latest movie, and for the first time ever in Marvel movies, and there's been like 40-something, two of the superheroes had sex. Okay? In that movie, one of the superheroes, no one in the history, even though they, the people that wrote the, the things could have said, this guy in his life is, you know, he's LGBTQ, one of the letters. But they didn't promote that because they promoted it was a superhero. It was a fun movie for family. Now, we have gay superheroes. Now we have superheroes from lifestyle choices. And they're having sex with each other and they're marrying each other, opposite sex and same sex in Marvel movies. Because this world is consumed with sex. 
sex, lust, fornication has brought down more people than anyone, than anything. Now, it's just like the drug addict. Whatever drug that is the drug that got you high, when you begin to use more and more of it, it loses its effect on you. So you've got to find something else to raise the bar. Are you hearing me? So now, people having sex on the first date in a movie or, or, or in just our concept of understanding was risky at one time, but now it's almost expected because that's how you find out if you're compatible. And that sounds funny, but I have been told that by multiple people. How will I know if I'm compatible? If I don't live with them and have sex with them. Because I'm not going to marry somebody that I don't enjoy having sex with. So I need, to, I need to try them out. Like you'd try a car out. Is this microphone working? I told y'all I don't care anymore. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Okay? What's this? I'm, I'm through. I'm through. I'm through. So one day she says, you know what? It's the most powerful tool in my, in my arsenal. I, I ain't never been refuted, and I ain't going to be refuted today. One last time, I don't know what she did, but she went all in. But let me tell you what she came in with. She didn't come in with an all-in all attitude. She came in with a frustration that if he don't agree to lie with me, if he don't agree to buy into the lie today, buy into my wants and desires, I got a plan for what I'm going to do for him, with him. So she comes and she says, today, listen to me. I'm not going to read the scriptures. I've got time. You go read the rest. This is what she says to him. Today, let me tell you something, boy. You, you serve me. This ain't your house. Today, listen to me. If you value your life. I, she pulled out all the stuff. You are going to have sex with me today. Joseph said, I'm not going to do it. She starts coming after him. He starts doing this. She starts coming after him a little bit further. He starts doing this. Let me tell you something. Sometimes the strongest thing you can do in a moment like that is to run. Are y'all hearing me? How many knows you might be the best, you might be the best shot with your gun that you got? But it, but if there's five different people cross shooting and you're in the middle of it, I don't care how good a shot you are, you need to run and get behind a dumpster. Come on, are you hearing me? Sometimes the best weapon is stay alive. Keep your testimony. Come on, live another day to serve the Lord. And he starts doing this, he starts doing this, she starts doing this. I'm gonna have you. He says, no, you ain't, no, you ain't, no, you ain't. And all of a sudden, he goes, okay. It's been good, it's been real, it's been fun, but it ain't been real fun. My days in Potiphar's house is gone. He takes off. And as he takes off, whoo, as he takes off, got a robe or something on him that he wears every day. She, he gets just out of reach. Just enough for her to grab it. Jerks it and rips it off of him. And he takes off running. I don't know if he's butt naked or not. But they didn't have fruit looms back then. I'm just saying. Even in Eastern culture today, they still don't. Huh? They still don't. I've been there. I've seen it with my own eyes when I went to the bathroom, which is not a bathroom. It's a hole in the ground. And they all just go in there with the robe and the gown on and 
He ain't got nothing in the way. So chances are, that's where he looked. So he running. He's streaking. He running straight. He hot, butt naked. But not really. He's still clothed. He's stripped, but he's still covered. And what was it? What the enemy did? When the, when the woman realized he's gone, instead of just saying, okay, I lost this one, the devil don't work that way. The devil said this, I couldn't get him to buy into my lie, so I need to create a new one. We call it Narrative. I'm so sick of hearing that word because what that means is a group of people sit in a room and came up with what they want the whole world to believe. And they all called all the people and said, this is what we're all going to say even though we all know it ain't true. But because most of the people that consume what we do ain't covered they're going to believe the narrative. So she goes, ah, help me. They run in, she says. That boy, that part of her love so much, I knew they always knew there's something about him. Something just didn't sit right with me. And today he came in here today, this is in your Bible. And he tried to rape me. And I, I resisted. I fought him while I was fighting him. I, I, I ripped his garment off of him and, he, and he's run. He's left his garment. Look, here's proof of what he did to me. When Potiphar came home, we found out no matter what he gave Joseph, we found out where his real allegiance was. Because at the moment, you buy into all the favor of the controlling party. They'll love you as long as you are flowing with their narrative. Oh, you, you don't, we're not saying you can't have church. Just in this new generation, there's a new normal of how to have church. And look at what the technology has made available to you. Come on, let's Look, we're, we are empowering you. We used to have a hundred people in your church. Now there's a thousand people watching your sermon all over the world. Look at what we've done for you. Until you begin to preach and speak and say things that don't fit the lie. And all of a sudden, they rip it away. And they are exposed. A man that gave him everything except his own wife and didn't know nothing but the bread he ate immediately bought into the narrative and immediately turned on Joseph and threw him into prison. No trial, no first strike. Everything I believed in you and everything you thought you believed in me 
was really a lie. It's over. Once again, after living in luxury in a mansion, he's chained again. Right back where he started. This time, he's not being led to a mansion. He's being led to a dungeon. When that gate opened and creaked, all those dirty, nasty prisoners were yelling at him. He walked in. They're screaming, looking at this clean-shaven, nice-looking man. Don't fit the bill. He walked in. He was still human. He was probably scared. This is my opinion. This is just the way I see it. His spirit man looked over in the corner, and there was a jacket hanging, waiting on him. He slipped it on and said, where are we going next, God? Did you get it? Every new place, there's an upgrade waiting. Come on, are y'all hear me? Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Give the Lord a praise right now if you believe you've been called to this moment. Now, some of these days, this is what I'm gonna do. Stand up. I feel empowered to do it. Father, right now, as I stretch my hands under this anointing that is on me, I speak favor over every single one that's in here. That as they leave here today, they leave here clothed and they know exactly who they are in God. God, if there's sin in their life right now, they don't need a a story. They don't need another song. They don't need to be begged to come to the altar. Right there where they stand, if they got sin in their life, show them right now they can ask you to forgive them of their sins right there where they're at. No preacher lead them at all, and you will hear them, and you will forgive them right there. In Jesus' name.